let's go to Joshua and uh, the first half of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Um, Joshua chapter 6 is where we'll start this morning. Joshua 6. And as you're looking over there, uh, just so you know, we uh, as a family of churches, Bridgetown that meets downtown, West Side that meets off of 217, and here uh, Sunset on the Sunset Corridor, we usually do first Sunday of every month, we celebrate baptisms. That's the public celebration when someone chooses to follow Jesus, and this is like the first Sunday of the month. But because we're here and logistically it would have been really hard to pull off, uh, we're going to do that next Sunday at 6 p.m. when we're back at the Branches building. So if you're ready to be baptized, you've chosen to follow Jesus, you're like, you know, I want to go public and I want to let my family know what God has done in my life and that I'm ready to follow him, uh, just come ready next Sunday and um, we'd love to do that. All right? Uh, Joshua 6, if you've got it, I'm going to pray and we'll jump right in. Lord, we thank you that you're at work. We see the evidence of it right here, just being in this spot. And we want to be followers who listen to your voice, who hear what you're saying, what you're about, what you're up to. And we want to listen and follow and do the things that are important to you. So Jesus, as we look to the scriptures, what you have written, what you have done in the past, we want to be prepared and ready to do whatever you want in the here and the now, right? In Hillsborough in the Portland metro area, wherever you might take us, Lord Jesus, we invite you to teach us in your great name. Uh, amen. Uh, welcome to a whole new chapter of the Sunset Story. If you're new or someone invited you, we're a community that's just about two years old. We'll be two years old this Easter. And we've been on a journey. We didn't know where we would meet uh, when we first started three years ago, praying about the idea of starting a community that's on the Sunset Corridor. We had no idea, but I will tell you this. Uh, when I first heard about what God was about to do, I thought, okay, we'll probably start in a school. I was wrong, <laughs> you know. But I thought we would start in a school. And when I began to look around at the various high schools or middle schools, I remember popping in and meeting uh, the secretary or the office manager. And I'd never been in Liberty before. And I walked in and I thought, wow, this place is Amazing. So it's a bit surreal three years later uh, to be here and think of what God has done. Well, what has God done? This morning I want us to look at a, an episode in the life of people who are just like us, who get a picture of who God is and what God does and choose to follow him. And I want to look at one specific story with the idea of what God might want to do in our community in the next couple of years. So Joshua 6, and I'll start in verse 1. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So a group of hundreds of thousands of people traveled for 40 years through a desert and God was leading them and they cross a river into a land that they had heard about and now they're ready to go in. Now the people living in the land, they were scared to death because the rumor was God is with these people. God loves them. God has promised them the very land that they're living in. And so everyone's scared and they shut the gates. Verse 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, who's the leader, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Now, march around the city once with all the armed men. 
Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And look at verse 5. When you hear them shout a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up everyone straight in. These seem like the strangest commands. Kids, I don't know if you're going to end up in the military someday, but if you're someone who is a military leader thinking about taking on a battle and moving into a city, all you need to know this morning is these instructions from God make no sense. That's When you read it, you're supposed to realize this makes no sense at all. But what God tells these people is to listen Listen to God's instructions and simply obey. Let's jump down to verse 15. It says, on the seventh day, this is after going around six days in a row, on the seventh day, verse 15 says, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled around the city seven times. Now, the seven time around when the priest shouted the trumpet blast, Joshua, just as just like God had said, he commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all who are in it will be devoted to the Lord. Now jump down to verse 20. Verse 20 says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, listen to this, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city and they devoted the city to the Lord. What I want us to see, students, what I want us to see, moms and dads, is simply two things this morning that are totally relevant for all of us who are choosing to follow God, who want to hear his instructions, who want to do what he says. Two things that he shows Joshua and this group of people called Israel that make sense for sunset a Jesus church. You got to see the story in light of the bigger story. A group of people come to a city and it seems impossible. You got to remember that God had made a promise. Students, when we read about Joshua, we got to think back. What happened before Joshua got there? Here's what you need to know. Back in the first part of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God met a man. A man who is willing to listen, a man who is willing to obey, his name is Abram. And do you know, before Joshua gets these instructions from God, 400 years, 400 years before God speaks to Joshua, God speaks to a man named Abram and says, I love you, I want you to follow me, go to a place that I'm going to show you, and I'm going to give you kids who are going to have kids who are going to have kids who are going to have kids, and one day, your family, your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids and their kids and their kids, they're going to enjoy me, they're going to know me, and they're going to live in this land. So when Joshua standing on the edge of this very place that is great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great, grandfather had heard about. He was so thrilled to hear that God had not left them, but in fact, he was giving them the land. I'm just going to read to you this verse from Genesis 15, 18. You don't even need to go there. It says, on the day the Lord made an agreement with Abram, 
his great-great-great-great-grandfather, 400 years ago, he said, to your descendants, to your kids, I give this land from the Wadi of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. God specifically told Abram, from this place in Egypt all the way to this river, this is my promised land to you. But you got to know this. When Joshua sees almost the fulfillment of God's promise, there's a huge problem. Those of us who've been going to church or uh, reading the Bible for a long time, it seems so blasé, but you got to imagine yourself going around. You don't have a real army. You have like a makeshift army. You don't have a real spot. You have like a makeshift spot. You have a tent and you, you stay in a little piece of the desert. You get up and you move around. Now for the first time, the fulfillment of this dream is about to take place. But where does God take them first? You need to know students and moms and dads, the first place that God brings Joshua is to the hardest place. The city of Jericho is one of the earliest cities in all of ancient history. The the city of Jericho is about 12 acres large and it has a series of walls. You got to just look up to the ceiling. Look up to the ceiling real quick. You got to imagine that the walls around Jericho at its highest point is at least 50 feet high, which from where I am, it's at least to this wood above me. And it's not just like one small wall. The wall goes around all the 12 acres. And so if you're a group of people who have a small army and God is saying, this land is now going to be your land, you have to look at that wall and say, God, thanks, but no thanks. This is impossible. There is no way that this ragtag group of people, even if God is with them, is going to break that wall. It's complete rock and brick and stone. And there are people in the Jericho army on top of the wall. There's no way they're going to get in. And I think it's interesting. You need to remember if you choose to follow Jesus, sometimes what Jesus does is he brings you to the most difficult situation early on in your journey because he wants to teach you the most basic of lessons. And this morning, I just want to go over the basics. Two things that Joshua needed to remember, two things that the whole group of Jesus followers, so to speak, to use our language, needs to remember, is one, that when God makes a promise, God keeps his promises. You may want to write that down. When God makes a promise, God keeps his promise. Not just once, not just occasionally. When God keeps, makes a promise, he keeps his promise always. How do I know this? I want you to look at one key verse we already read, chapter 6, verse 2. How do I know that God always keeps his promises? Chapter 6, verse 2 says, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho. Now, in in English, that takes us three words. I have delivered. In Hebrew, the language with with which the Bible was written, these words is really just one word, natati. And this word here, the interesting thing you need to know about this word is when I think about God giving me something or keeping his promise, this is what I think. I think if I do this and I do that and I'm faithful, God will eventually, yeah, he'll do it in the future. The challenge is, when you read this word in Hebrew, it's not talking about something that will happen in the future. What God says to Joshua is exactly what God said in Genesis 15, 
to Abram, same exact word, natati, the land. I am delivering, I'm giving, I'm setting out, I'm providing. God says 400 years earlier, Abram, I'm giving you the land. And he's not, the word that he uses, the phrase that he uses, is not like I'm one day going to give you some land. Or like in the future, I'll be faithful. When God speaks a promise, he uses it in a way that says the moment the promise is given, the promise is done. So Abram, even though it didn't happen until 400 years later, when God says, I have delivered or I am giving you, it's not like he's saying it in the future. He's not like he's saying it with conditions. He's saying unequivocally, the moment I give a promise, it's a done deal. And that's the encouraging word for Joshua. He's with his army. They're on the border. They see 50-foot walls. No way into the city. And God reminds this hint. Hey, I told your great, 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 great grandfather, I am giving you the land. It's already done. God's promise was 400 years earlier. God always keeps his promises. What he wants Joshua to know is it's a done deal. That's why when, when the writers in the New Testament after Jesus, when they're looking back at this story, Hebrews eleven thirty says this, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. It wasn't like the army needed to make some big move for the walls to go down. By faith, God made a promise. God's faithful to his promise. And so as a follower of Jesus, what is God calling me to in the, in the here and now, living in Hillsborough or Beaverton or anywhere on the Sunset Corridor? We need to be reminded of the basics. God makes promises. And whenever we're provided with opportunities, otherwise known as challenges, otherwise known as problems, <laughs> if you find yourself in a spot, you're like, I don't know what we're going to do. You're faced with a wall, so to speak, and there's no way to get past. You ever feel like there's no way you're going to make it or this challenge is just too big? What you need to remember is when God has made a promise to a group of people that he loves, not strangers. You got to remember, God loved Abram. And God loved Joshua, and God loves you. And when God speaks a promise, we don't have to worry if God's going to waffle on it. He's like, not, not like mom and dad. Mom and dad are great, and I'm a dad myself, but sometimes I'm not faithful to the things I've said I'm going to do. Sometimes I, I don't keep my promises fully. I want to. I'm, I'm growing. Hopefully I don't contradict the things I promise my kids or I, I promise you, but I stumble and fall. But this morning in our first gathering, here in this place, I just want to remind you, I want to remind myself that God is always faithful. He's always faithful to keep his promise. And if God has said something towards you, he will accomplish it. And so after years of meeting as a church community uh, on the west side, mostly in the Tigard, Beaverton area, there was a feeling for years that God would want a community uh, that lived out here, served out here, uh, engaged people in the gospel out here. And so the very fact that three years ago when some of the leaders of this church came to my wife and I and said, hey, would you think about being a part of a new church community out in the Sunset Corridor? Um, this was not something that our church leaders made up. This wasn't something that was just on their heart. And when my wife and I realized, you know what, this is something we're really called to be a part of. This wasn't about us coming up with some great scheme for our life or, or a plan. It was about a promise. 
God has always wanted to do something great on the Sunset Corridor. God's always been at work in this area. And when you think about your areas of obedience, when you do what God says that you should do, you're really living out the fulfillment of a promise. If God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son that anyone who would follow and believe in him would never perish but would have life that lasts forever. If that's true, if Jesus came to seek and save those who are wandering in trouble and are lost, if God loves the least person and the greatest person in human sins, if all this is true, if the good news of Jesus is for everyone, then really when you think about starting a church in a new community, it's all the fulfillment of a promise. God's already done it. Natati. He's already promised it years ago. And isn't it interesting? I believe, and I think it's true, that the fact that we're here in this building, in this place together, is not because of us. Not, not because of some grand scheme. Not because of some great accolades or things that we've, we've chosen to do. It's because God's faithful to his promise. And you and I, like Joshua and these early followers, all we're given is a little bit of instruction. But when Moses does what he's supposed to do and leads the people out of Egypt, and when Joshua does what he's supposed to do and hears God's voice, go towards Jericho and walk around it. When you and I are obedient in light of what God has said, then the battle will be won by God. And that's the point of the story. Uh, three years ago, going from, from place to place, from school to school, and I walked in here and thought, this is the place. And I went back to our team. I'm telling you, Liberty High School is a place. And uh, there was a little bit of a wall uh, to getting in here. Uh, I, I met with some of the administration, wonderful people. The leaders here are awesome. And in meeting with them, it was very clear. They don't do church at, at Liberty High School. They just don't do it here. And right now, given the budget cutbacks and all the facility stuff, it's not going to happen. In one meeting, I realized that uh, that's not going to happen. We're not going to be able to come to Liberty. And so I went off and started pursuing other places, and no other door seemed to open. This was in the back of my mind, but it was very clear, like Joshua facing a huge challenge and a huge obstacle, what do you do? You seek God's voice, his direction. What does God want to do? And, and continuing to pray and look, God in his faithfulness opened up a fantastic opportunity. If you've been a part of our family, where we've been meeting at the Branches Church Building just down the road from here has been incredible. And it happened through a coffee meeting. I'm having coffee with a friend named Brian. He leads this new church. And I didn't know where they met. I didn't know what they did. I, I just heard about them. And meeting over at a Pete's just on Cornell, he's like, hey, you want to come check out where we meet? I'm like, that would be great. And in walking in to their building, which was already built out and ready, and they were already gathering there, He's like, do you want to use the space? And in one meeting, one coffee meeting, God opened up the door. And while this was a wall, there was another opportunity available for us. But we continue to pray over the last couple of years, realizing we need a space to meet in the morning. And so for months, we've been telling you about it for months, we have been praying and looking at all sorts of buildings, warehouses, and industrial spots to gather but no door has been opening up yet. But we were with a group of the leaders that represent all three churches not long ago, maybe a month ago. And they were like, Jose, why don't we pray again? And, and as you're looking for space, and it's going to take a while, and there's things called zoning and permits and all that, and it's going to take months and months and months, why don't we pray that God would open up 
like one of these school doors so you can start meeting in the mornings and build your community and see if other people are able to come in the morning, all the while looking for another space to meet permanently. And, and I was like, you know what, that's just, that's right. That's exactly what we need to do. And so we started to pray some more. Now, three years ago, it was a wall. There was no way to get in, no way to gather here, no matter what I thought was a great plan. No one wanted to hear it. No one's interested. Done deal, door closed. But you know, just about a month ago in praying, uh, some friends here have, who have some friendships here with the administration, they said, hey, I'll just make a phone call, see what's possible. And the very same people that three years ago who it wasn't going to happen, there's no way, it's just not possible. Three years later, I sat in a couple of meetings and it was as if those big Jericho walls had come down. It's, we're not meeting here because we came up with some more slick plan. We're not meeting here because we offered more cash. We're not meeting here because we've got it all figured out. God clearly opened the door when the door was shut. And so I can relate to the story of Joshua. When God says one thing, you just hear what God says, you obey what God says. And I think we're living out right here, right now, by being here this morning. We're living out the story of God's faithfulness. God faithfully opened the door for us to meet at Branches. God's faithfully opening the door for us to meet here. But you need to know this. This is not the end of the story. I want to make it super practical because this is our, our first opportunity here. We will not be here very long. Now, it's not because the Liberty staff is unwelcoming or they're saying you're in and you're out. We believe that God is leading us towards a permanent place where we could gather not only on Sundays, but what we can use as a resource place for things to go on for the good in Jesus' name, seven days a week, all around the clock. We believe as a, as a group of leaders that God is leading us towards our final spot that we'll be able to call our own and serve the city every day of the week, not just set up and tear down on a Sunday. So I'm inviting you, like the people of God, when Joshua was led, God leads him to the hardest place first. For us to get in here was for us the hardest. But because God's goodness and the faithfulness of people to hear God's voice and listen and, and pray, we're here this morning. Two things Joshua needed to know. When God makes a promise, God always keeps his promise. The second thing you need to know is when God speaks a word, his people are to obey it. It's that simple. When God speaks a word, his people are to obey it. So when our leaders got together and said, let's pray and let's go to the leaders at Liberty once again and let's see what God might do. Small steps of obedience cause big walls to fall down. And that's exactly what happened. So I was right here on this plot of this stage just a couple of weeks ago. Jim was there with me and we were meeting with some of the leaders. And what I thought was a meeting for us to convince them that we're really nice and we don't break stuff and we're good neighbors, I didn't even have to say a thing. As we were standing right here in this spot, some of the leaders were saying, well, you can use this and you can use that. And, and oh, there are the lights and sound. And I looked over at Jim like, is this a done deal? And that's exactly what happened. You see, Joshua needed to know, like we need to know, that God, when he makes a promise, God will accomplish it. It's not about you and I mustering enough strength, enough cash, enough willpower. When God speaks a promise, he just gives it as a direction to his people. Are you willing to obey me? Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to do whatever I've called you to do? You know what this has done for me? 
This whole last month and two months, watching God not open the door, only open the door for us to be here at Liberty. But right now, we very well could be on the verge in the next couple of months of seeing a space that we can call our own. It would, it would take months to build out. It doesn't happen overnight. But right now, in the next 30, 60 days, we're looking at one potential property that seems right, it feels right, the price may be right. What am I saying? I'm saying that Joshua brought... Uh, was brought by God to Jericho, but the end was not Jericho. God miraculously told them, go around the city and shout, watch me at work. The walls fall down. They go and take Jericho. But read the rest of the book of Joshua. For the next few decades, it was the job of the people of God, Israel, now us, uh, those who follow Jesus, city by city, place by place. God would lead his people to a new place and they would take that ground. God would lead his people to another place, they would take that ground. And in the same way, my friends, that is the story of the Christian life. When God calls you to follow him, it starts at the beginning, but it's movement, place to place, year by year, month by month. So this is just the beginning of the, of the sunset story. He's led us to the branches building and God's been faithful. Would you agree? God's faithfully provided. Do you know, I just found out from uh, some of our financial friends at the church, that in launching the church and buying equipment and doing everything, that in our first two years of being community, first year, year and a half, we're 100% in the black. God's provided more than enough resources because God stirred you to come and God stirred you to be generous and God stirred you to partner. And everything we needed in 2013, there was money for it. Every bit of it. God provided faithfully, not out of the sky, but by leading you and guiding you. And we have had enough volunteers to meet the needs of our community in 2013. But what we get from Joshua is life is about the fulfillment of God's promise. And I'm thoroughly convinced that God wants to reach out to more people. There are thousands more people who are within a mile of this school building that need to know the love of God. They need to know the grace of God. They're, they need to know that God can fix and change and transform anyone. There's so much good news for us to share. And so the reason God moved us out of branches and now is moving us towards this new space is not about the space. Jericho and the walls coming down was not about Jericho. It was about God being faithful to his promise and him teaching his children, whenever God speaks, if I will be faithful, to listen and I'll be faithful, to obey, even in the small things, then God will win the battle. God will take care of it. So I could say with full confidence, the only reason we're here this morning is because God's been faithful. And God moved it on the hearts of the leaders here at Liberty to be kind and nice enough for us to meet here on a Sunday morning. So I am grateful. If you're a part of the Liberty family, if you're part of the staff, the faculty, we want to say thank you. If you work here, Please extend our thanks. We want to be the best neighbors. We want to leave this auditorium in better condition than when we came in. But you need to know this is not the end. In the next few months, we'll be talking about the next stage of God being faithful to his promise. But the goal is not to move from place to place and to go from building and building and go from 100 to 200 to 500 or whatever. The goal is always people. People matter to God. And because people matter to God and Jesus come to rescue everyone, we want to be faithful to hear God. God, where do you want to send us? What do you want us to do? And we want to be about it. Uh, this morning, 
Uh, you know that some of the younger ones there in a kid's space because there was no way for us to pull off a kid's meeting in, in like two weeks notice for some of the older students. Students, next week you'll be back in your classes uh, and, and every week until we come back you'll be in your classes. But over the next six weeks to seven weeks we're going to need more workers. Uh, we're going to need more children's workers so that we can faithfully serve the families that come. Families are going to come probably more likely to a morning gathering. Uh, some of you are wondering, uh, is this going to be like uh, uh, just a morning thing or a morning and evening thing? Uh, we're, we're still trying to get the details. Our goal is that we would meet here in the morning and in the evening. For some of you, uh, morning time does not work. Your friends can't come in the morning, but they'll come to an evening gathering. That is the goal. We'll let you know in the next few weeks if we can make that happen from day one. But really, this is about being here to do whatever God wants us to do for the Liberty family. Do you know there are families right here and now that go to Liberty High School that God is going to enable us. He brings them, he drops down the wall, they move into Jericho because there was opportunity in Jericho like there's opportunity in Liberty. How do I know that? On Friday, my wife and I did a little quick, uh, quick weekend getaway to Kansas City to see some friends. And on Friday, uh, as I landed in um, Salt Lake City en route, I opened my phone and I got an email from Cindy. And Cindy's a part of the church family here. And she sends me an email because the day before, she had met with a great organization here in town that uh, serves students who are having trouble finding a home. There are students who live in Hillsborough who are homeless right now. Don't have a place to stay. Now, that's not theory. That's not statistics. That's a flat-out fact. And so I got an email from Cindy, who's a part of our community, and says, hey, I know we're going to be at Liberty on Sunday. This organization, great organization, they've found a, a student who's a senior here at Liberty who wants to graduate, but right now is in transitional housing. And they could only be there for one more week. Would you talk to the Sunset family? Because they just need a host home between now and the end of the school year. Someone to take in a student who's got good grades and wants to graduate and wants to move forward. But for whatever reason, I don't know the details. For whatever reason, they don't have a place to lay their head at night. And I thought it was so funny that right before we meet on a Sunday, God reveals to us through email. You know, God speaks through email. He reveals to us through email that it's not about the building and it's not about your comfort so you can meet at 10 and see the Super Bowl. And it's not about us growing to some great size and being in cushy seats. It is always about people who matter to God. And so I got the email on Friday to remind me it's not about us. And it's never about us. It's about what we can do for the good of God and the good of people. So this morning, I'm inviting you. There may be a family right here and now who's got the open space. And right now I'm saying it, you're like, oh my gosh. You're probably nudging your spouse saying, I think that's us. If that's you, I want you to just meet with me after the gathering and I'll put you in touch with them. If not, this is not a guilt trip. I think this is just the beginning. I think there are hundreds of families who are connected to the school that we're going to be blessed to serve. We're going to be able to be generous towards because God knocks down walls and fulfills promises so that his good news will get to everybody. And so this morning we want to pray. We want to pray not for ourselves. We want to pray that God would enable us to have open eyes and open ears to hear whatever God says and that when we hear a promise, when we hear some direction, we'll listen and we'll obey. What would happen 
if in the next few weeks we just got that simple. And we heard what God said and we did what God said. I know a lot more people would be changed for the good. And that's why we're here at Liberty. This morning, what would happen when you listen and obey? We're going to pray this morning. We're going to worship. Uh, we're not going to be able to take communion. They've got a, a very good and, and strict policy. Sorry for those who had to keep their drink outside. They're committed to keep this place pristine and the premier place in, in uh, Hillsborough. And so we, we won't be able to do uh, uh, the Lord's table in the same way that we do it. So we're not going to do it this morning. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. As we're done with the gathering, we're going to have refreshments. We're going to celebrate. We're going to rejoice. This is a great day of victory. This isn't a day to be sad. Who cares about who wins the Super Bowl? This is our opportunity to rejoice that God's been faithful to us. This morning, we're going to pray that God would speak to every family and tell us what to do. Over the next six weeks, we're going to be laying out on Sundays when we're back at branches about what you can do to partner with God for the good of people on the Sunset Corridor. I'm saying it now so when you hear it, you don't think it's a sales pitch, but you'll be ready and prayed up and anxious to see what your part of the story is. Let's start by praying, even now. Lord, we love you, and we're grateful that you're at work all over the city, that you're doing great things here in Hillsboro and Beaverton and Bethany and everywhere, Tannisborn. God, you're at work in our community, and we are grateful. This morning, we want to be a people like Joshua who hear your direction, even though it seems hard and impossible. We want to hear your voice, whatever it is, God, that you want us to do, as a Sunset Church, whatever it is that you want us to do as the Zayas family, whatever it is that you want me to do, God, I pray now and I commit to pray today, tomorrow, in these next few weeks. God, show me what to do and give me the grace, the power, the courage to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.